Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is my co-host from Rusty District and right here on FGT. It's Trevor What up, dog? I'm good. How are you this <laughs> I am doing fantastic. This is great. And look at this. We're back on the ball almost at yep. our regular time. We are within plus or minus two hours of our regular time, so I think we are doing so much better <laughs> than we were the week before. So it's all about getting better, man. It's all about getting better. Hey, dude, I got to ask you, are you at all into, like, spy movies, like, foreign identity and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I used to watch Born Identity, I watched the Italian job, stuff like that, but yeah, and yeah, a little bit. Okay, alright. Yeah, okay, so have you seen The Good Agent on Netflix? I have not. Oh, the, oh, wait, Night Agent? Okay, dude, I, this is like, wait, this is like me making, this is like, this show has become me making recommendations for things you Hold need on. to watch. And, and I'm, did you watch Cocaine Bear, at least? Not yet, but did you say Night Agent? Night Agent. Yo, yes, I have seen that. Love it! Oh, uh, yeah! <laughs> I knew we'd find something that we both have seen at some point Whoa. over the last, like, two and a half years. <laughs> it was all, it's awesome, right? It's amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm totally not going to spoil it for anybody, but, like, how many misdirects can you have in a series? I mean, like, they just, like, constant misdirection in that show. Yeah. But they have so me good. Home. So Can good. you imagine having that job, folks? Can you imagine having this job? Uh, I would love it. I would love it. And you know what I love about it? The answering the phone part. Because right. I would just be sitting there, like, hanging out, watching videos, you know, doing podcasts, doing all this stuff, like watching, watching uh, like, basketball and football and baseball games. Uh, and then, like, that phone never rings, right? I mean, that sounds like an awesome job. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that is wild. Yes, very, very good. Very good stuff. Excellent. All right, we finally found something that we all watched. And I can't believe you haven't watched Cocaine Bear yet, man. You promised me you were going to do this last week. So next week, I know, guys, and I, Cocaine and Bear. I did not. And I did not. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. How could you, how could you not want to watch a Coke? How could you want, want to watch a bear on Coke? I mean, it just sounds like, I mean, like, isn't that just like, doesn't it sell itself? I mean, does you need to even know anything more about the plot to want to watch it? I mean, it seems like yeah, that's good know, enough, isn't it? The NBA, the, the conference finals in the NBA playoffs started, and that's where I'm at right now. Well, so. that's true. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Listen, I'll give, we'll, we'll obviously we'll make time for basketball anytime that's on. So I, I have, I, I, I say no. Far. Yeah. You have a pass. You got a free hall pass. This one. All right. All right. You. We got plenty to talk about on the about the NFL though coming up because we got our predictions for the 2023 regular season records for the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears, our two favorite teams, top undrafted free agent signings, as well as best rookies for fantasy football and so much more. Let's get this rolling. Hey, let's kick this off with the Commanders, shall we? So listen, I got, I got some thoughts on how the Commanders are going to do this year. I want to hear your thoughts first. 
Okay, because I'm not sure how happy you're going to be about my prediction. But, <laughs> but I'm going to let you predict first, all right? That's called foreshadowing, folks. That's called foreshadowing right there. But anyway, uh, so give us your prediction here about the commanders. I'm obviously the the uh, 17 um, loaded with a lot of tough, tough um, games in the first half of the season. You get to play the Eagles twice and the Bills once. That's three really hard games in the first eight games of the season. And, of course, it doesn't get too much easier because the NFC East is loaded. You know, Dallas is going to be tough. Um, the, the, the Giants are going to be tough. And, of course, you get to face the San Francisco 49ers second last game of the season as well. So what's your prediction here on the Commanders and what their record will be? And tell us a little bit about why. All right. So on Wreck the District, I predicted 12-5. and five. Wow, 12-5. and five. But I might, dumb it much. <laughs> I might dumb it down here on this show and do 10 and 7 between 10 and 12 wins. Okay. Um, I do think okay. that we will shock the world with a couple of our games this season. Like we might, you know, beat the Broncos. We might beat the Jets because we beat Aaron Rodgers before, but he hasn't had the weapons, but still we have beat him. Um, you know, there's right. always a game in there where you're, you win that you're not supposed to win. Just like last year, we weren't supposed to beat Philadelphia in Philly when they were undefeated, but we did. So you add a couple right, of those right. in there, and I think, I think we uh, get double-digit wins, uh, a big difference from an eight-win and seven-win season and another eight-win season under Ron Rivera, I believe. So um, like you said, the first eight games are juggernaut filled, and then the last four, I think, are pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty heavy, too. We got the Rams, the Niners. Uh, the Cowboys and the Jets and the da- Cowboys, yeah, yeah. the yeah. Jets. Um, and then we got like a middle of the season stretch where we play. I think the Patriots, the Giants, and the Seahawks. Yep. That was like, yep. And the Seahawks is a playoff team. So I mean, we got EB there. We're supposed to have a, a better offense. We've got our weapons. We have got Sam Howell, who looks who looks promising just after a couple of game, like one game and some practices. But yep. And then we got we added to our defense with Emmanuel Forbes at number sixteen. And our defense, I think, was like top ten last year, which is hard to believe, but um, it was. So yeah, I ten to twelve wins. I think that. With the wow. Team, okay. That so. Yeah. I, listen, t- ten. I, I can buy ten. Twelve. Uh, I feel <laughs> a little bit tough for me to swallow. And here, so you're going to really be unhappy with my prediction because I, I am okay. predicting. Uh, I'm predicting the Commanders are are seven and ten at the end of the season, and I'll tell you why that is. I mean. I think you guys beat Arizona. I think you beat Denver. Uh, I'm having you beat my Bears. Uh, I have you beating the Falcons. Um, and then it gets a little bit tough after that. I think you probably beat the Patriots. Um, but it's a big question mark there because I don't know anything about the Patriots. I think you can beat the Rams. Um, and then there's like, you know, and I'm going to give you one extra game because of Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> the wow, EB bump. You. I'm going to give you one game for Eric. I, I don't know which one it's going to be. You're right. It's going to be a surprising game, but there's going to be an EB bump somewhere along the way. Maybe it'll be Buffalo or Philly at the beginning of the season, some surprising big win. But that, that gets mm-hmm. me to, that gets me to seven. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that it's going to be uh, seven and 10. And I, listen, I won't be surprised if you go to, if you flip that and go 10 and seven. I mean, honestly, it could be anywhere. I, I would take that middle ground, seven to ten to ten to seven. But I'm I'm kind of being conservative about that right now because I just don't know. I, the defense is there, I think. The offense yeah. is a, a little bit of a question mark because I just don't know if Sam Howell is going to be consistent or not. And if he is, I'll give you the ten to seven. If he's not, I'm thinking more seven to ten. And I'm thinking there's going to be a little bit of quarterback roulette back there. That that's my thought on it. 
I mean, it's more realistic, probably. So. <laughs> hey, I, I listen. I love. I love the. I love the optimism. I mean, I'm, just not, I'm definitely not gonna. I'm definitely gonna rain. I'm definitely gonna rain on that. Uh, but I, I do think it's gonna be really, t- really tough to beat some of these teams. Um, and who knows? Like, like you said, I, you guys typically can get the Giants number, so you get the two Giants games, and already you're close to that 10 win season, even with the the stretch that I think is gonna happen. And maybe the EB bump is more than one game. Maybe the EB bump is two games. You know, I don't know. But I definitely think that just him there alone gives you plus one to plus two wins on the season. So um, we'll see how that translates on the field. Because obviously, coach can't do it alone. Uh, you're going to need the guys to execute on the field. And I don't know what you have in, what you have in Sam Howell at this point. That's my biggest concern. Um, all right. So that's, that is a good one. But now, I, you know, I'm going to predict the Bears. And I know that you're going to – so this is – I'm going to be realistic about the Bears as well. But I am also going to be – because it's my team, like you, I will be optimistic. And I have the Bears at 8 and 9. And I think, that, I think that's an optimistic view of what the Bears are going to do this season uh, because they got a tough – they got some tough games to play. But I think that they, they played the Packers twice. They split that. They played the Lions twice. They split that. They played the Vikings twice. They split that. They definitely lose to KC – I mean, that's just good without saying. They lose to the Chargers. They find a way to beat the Saints because I just don't have any, any – uh, I don't have any confidence that Derek Carr is going to make the Saints any better. So wow. I, I think they beat the Saints. I give you the – I think the Commanders beat us, right? I, I'm giving yeah. you that game. I think the Commanders' defense is too much for us to handle. And so Thank I you. think the Commanders will beat the Bears. Uh, I'll, I'll, and I will, I will, of course, root for the Bears, but I think the Commanders will win, particularly in Washington. I just think it's just going to be that way. And then Denver, Tampa, that's going to be close, I think, but the Bears will find a way to lose to the more proven rosters, coaches there. So that's another two losses. Uh, Arizona, Carolina, and Atlanta, I think we can beat them. And then Vegas and Cleveland, they're kind of toss-ups. So I think I'm going to split those. Like, we'll win one of those, we'll lose one of those. And that's why I get to 8 and 9. Would I be surprised if that becomes 7 and 10? No. Would I be surprised if it goes to uh, 9 and 8? Yeah, I, I don't see another one of those games that we're going to pick up there. So eight and nine is my optimistic view, but I wouldn't be surprised if we end up with seven or six wins on the season. Any thoughts on that? Uh, eight and nine sounds pretty realistic. You, you added some weapons to help Justin Fields out, so he doesn't have to spend his whole life running the ball. But right. you do play like you do play the Packers twice. That's going to be interesting both times. Yeah. No errors. The Vikings, right. like you said, probably a split. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting. You'll beat the Panthers. No offense, Bryce Young, but you'll or yeah, Bryce Young, but you'll beat them. <laughs> um, Lions yeah. and Bears. That's that should be a very good game. That's a division game too. Yeah. Both of you guys, young teams trying to be on the rise, new coaches. Um, eight and nine sounds. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty sufficient. You can buy into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, listen, problems. if we get up with seven and ten, what did you have last year? It's hard to get worse. That, oh, she, don't, let's not even go there. What <laughs> we had last year, we were the worst team in the NFL. So uh, okay. let's just leave it at that. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think at the end of the day, I I think at the end. Of, well, I mean, this is the thing though. I, I, like I, like the Bears um, in 2022 were three and 14. Okay, so it's it's not it's a very low bar to get better than that. <laughs> so if we were like, even if we ended up doubling our win record to six and eleven. That's a win for the season, so I don't think that uh, it would be un- it would be unlikely if we ended up with like 
I think seven wins would be a real win. Eight, if I go eight and nine, I'm I'm dancing on I'm on cloud nine. That's uh, basically where I am with the Bears. Um, but you're right. You know, I mean, Packers play us tough even because regardless of who, uh, if Aaron Rodgers is there or not. And mm-hmm. the Lions are one of the hottest teams coming into the season, you know, that I can talk, I can think of. We've been talking about it since the last half of last year. So they could easily beat, both of us, beat us in both of those games. Um, sure. So, you know, who knows? But like I said, the one thing I – but I, I am giving you the, the – I am giving you the Washington Commanders game, that, that nice Thursday night football game in week five. But that doesn't mean we're not placing a bet on this when we get there. <laughs> this is going to happen. Even though I think we're going to lose, I will still bet you on that Washington commander. So we're going to place a bet on the air on that one for sure. That's going to happen. All I can't right. wait. So that being said, yeah, I know. I know. Maybe I can't wait till the season starts, but I can't wait. for. I think that game is going to be, like you said, hopefully it's not a complete stinker. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope, hope we're not complete. You know, I hope <laughs> we're not being overly optimistic about our teams here. But uh, I think not. I think we're both on the rise, and I think that'll be a fun game on Thursday night football. Let's hit the boxing bell on that. Let's talk about some undrafted free agents. Let me ask you this question here. What do these players have in common, um, Trev? Kurt Warner, Warren Moon, Tony Romo, Antonio Gates, Joe Jacoby, offensive tackle from the Redskins from 81, founding member of the Hogs offensive line that won three Super Bowls, Jason Peters, Wes Welker. What what do all those guys have in common? Uh, They play in the NFL. Uh, okay, so that's on me for not asking a better question. <laughs> that, no, this they're is all true. They all played in the games. NFL. Undrafted Yeah, free man, you got it. You got it. All draft free agents. They're all pro bowlers, too. I mean, you know, massive impact on their respective teams. I mean, some of them longer last. I mean, like, like, hey, Joe Jacoby started that entire Hogs offensive line. So you think about the impact that he had being an undrafted free agent, you can tell that this is really, really important to teams and it could be just meaningful in terms of turning a franchise around. I mean, Kurt Warner, Warren Moon, Tony Romo, my goodness, Antonio Gates. I actually didn't know that Antonio Gates was not yeah, drafted. Uh, he was one of the all-time greatest tight ends in the history of yeah. NFL. So, uh, yeah, man. So, okay, so let's, let's start there. I got a bunch here that I wanna, I'm going to name off and I'm, I'm going I'm to save two throwaways here at the end, one for the commanders, one for the bears. But I'm going to tell you my top undrafted free agent pickups so far. You tell me what you think and, and feel free to just add in what you want. But I'm loving Keaton Mitchell running back from East Carolina, being picked up by the Baltimore Ravens, undrafted free agent. I mean, he is uh, fantastic. He's undersized a little bit, 5'8", 180, but he is a spark plug, man. I mean, 4'3", speed. He's a slippery runner. He can get through congestion. I mean, he just has some significant upside. And in the Baltimore Ravens, a team that just runs so much, um, it is just, I mean, that, that, is, a, that is, I think, a, a winning, winning thing, or just a winning combination right there. I mean, he has just elite on-field speed, and they love the run. He doesn't have to be the bell cow there to be effective. They like to run. You know, they like to play two or three running backs in the backfield there, plus Lamar Jackson. I mean, I can see. 10-plus carries a game and just breaking these massive runs, you know, 30, 40 yards, maybe even break one for longer and a touchdown. So I do think that this is a great pickup for the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think about Keaton Mitchell? Yeah, uh, I don't know too much about him, but if he's a good running back, and like you said, all they like to do is run in Baltimore, 
especially when they had that running by running by committee with Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and I believe who was yeah, the third? Yeah, yeah. It was because they all tore their ACL. Uh, they all got hurt. Yeah, Dobbins and oh, I saw Williams. Third. That's a and great. I, that is a. That sounds right. Yeah, was he the guy? No, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I, I am really bad with my – there's so many running, Ravens running backs. I'm bad with my Ravens right. running backs. I'll agree to that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so he'll fit right in with that system as well. So I, I do think that's a nice, sneaky, undrafted free agent pickup for sure. Because it goes yep. to a system um, that he can use properly. Yes, I agree. Now, I, now I, got, I got two cornerbacks here, which I really, really like. Uh, one for the Detroit Lions, Starling Thomas, the fifth, a cornerback out of UAB. I mean, um, he looks great. I mean, he's uh, 5'10", 194. He's a really elite speed and elite recovery speed and foot quickness. He's amazing at keeping up with routes. I mean, he, he, is, he had a 15 passes, fast breakups in 2022. It's like oh, super high-level ball hawking skills in this guy. He has a 4'3", 40-yard dash. I mean, he has massive speed. Obviously, the 5'10 is probably what made it so that it was hard for people to draft. People don't tend to like shorter corners, but, I mean, he is just so good at what he does. And the Lions, you know, as we said before, their biggest problem last year was their defense. Their offense was clicking. Their defense Mm -hmm. was not clicking. And that was a problem for them. So, I mean, hey, this this feels just great in terms of, you know, an undrafted free agent pickup. I mean, he was a three-year starter out of UAB. He allowed just 37.9% of his targets to be caught. Um, and he had a 29% forced incompletion percentage. I mean, he is uh, he's good. He's really good. I just I think the height uh, kind of did him in. But getting him for free, essentially, seems like a steal for the Detroit Lions. Um, what do you think about Starling Thomas, the fifth, out of UAB going to Detroit Lions? I think that's a great, great pickup. Um, they tried with Jeff Okuda. didn't work. They shipped him off. Um, they went and got, you know, some more secondary help. And then I guess they just go ahead and get him to bring that big body offense, uh, defensive help that they've been lacking to go along with their offensive power. So that's a great sneaky pickup as well. Yeah, yeah. I, and, 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 you know, really with UDFAs, it's almost like, why not? You know what I mean? But when yeah, you get somebody exactly. who's like legit talent and, and you know, and, there, and listen, there's so many of those out there, right? There's so many undrafted free agents out there that are just legit talents who just don't get the opportunity to show what they can do and don't get, just don't latch on anywhere. But these guys are ones that I think probably could have been drafted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think they could have been drafted. And um, the next one you're not going to be happy about because uh, it's with, there's one with the Eagles and then there's another one for the Cowboys. So this is going to make okay, it harder for everybody in an But the Eagles got, so this is the one that I thought was interesting because so the Eagles got Eli Ricks out of Alabama, cornerback out of Alabama. He was, he was probably a day three prospect out of one of the best defenses in college football. And, you know, he was very efficient at Alabama. You know, he's 6'2", 188 pounds, uh, and he is really uh, something special here. So, I, I don't, you know, it's really strange to me. Uh, and he actually sp- he started at LSU, and then he went to Alabama. Two great defenses, you know what I mean? So it's really strange to me that he wasn't uh, drafted, but the Eagles picked him up as an undrafted free agent. So Eli Ricks, cornerback out of Alabama, going to the Eagles. Um, man, now they got <laughs> Darius Slay, James Bradbury, and they add this wonderful undrafted free agent 
Uh, what do you think about the Eagles kind of just getting richer on defense? Uh, sucks for me as a Commanders fan, but congrats to them for getting richer on defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, well, right. That's else that we don't need, but we actually could just use anyway. But so why not? So congrats to them. <laughs> yeah, and, and and listen, this is not to say, and, and obviously. So just everybody who knows anything about Eli Rick, they know he had some off-field issues, so I know that caused some problems as well. But if he has some veteran guidance there in, in that locker room, you know, oh, and, sure. and like I said, Darius Slade, James Bradbury can certainly guide him along. Uh, if he sticks, man, this could be a real good pick for the Eagles. Now, going to the Cowboys, they picked up a wide receiver, Jalen Marino Cropper out of Fresno State. Uh, I mean, he <laughs> – it's funny because if you look at these numbers and you're like, how do they not think about this guy? But – he had 1,992 yards last year, 16 scores. Uh, I mean, in two seasons, he had two 16 scores. He's a little bit undersized of 5'11", but he has a 4'4", 40-yard um, dash. I mean, he has great at creating separation. Uh, he played at the Shrine Bowl. Um, he is actually a high-end product out of Fresno State. It just happens to be Fresno State, I think, is the problem, right? I mean, he, just, he didn't, he didn't yeah. have a lot of eyes on in terms right. of playing at a school like that. And, and it's too bad, but the Dallas Cowboys got him for a song. I mean, heck, I, I don't see this as a bad thing. I mean, what do you think about Jalen Marino Cropper wide receiver out of Fresno state joining the Dallas Cowboys? Um, I don't know. Like it, like it sounds like a good prospect, like the stats and everything. Wow. But it just reminds me of another, of a Jalen Tolbert who they got last year. That was supposed to be, yeah. a, you know, a wide receiver, and he didn't see the field at all, I don't think. So, you know, maybe it's a nice camp body addition. Who knows? He might sneak on the roster. But 5'11", that's going to be hard to do. True wide receiver. Yeah. So, and also, out of, I hope. Particularly when it goes downfield. I mean, he, yeah, he, he's definitely more, I mean, he's more of an X receiver. So, I mean, so his, so, but the thing is that he's, with the size, he's probably more of a slot receiver, and, and mm-hmm. but he didn't play slot. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I, that may not be a good fit um, after all. I think he just has a lot of like some of that raw talent out there that I think would be, I mean, could translate. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna say my favorite undrafted free agent for the Commanders is okay. uh, it's Mitchell Tinsley, wide receiver out of Te- Penn State. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like uh, think about it. Mitchell Tinsley. He took over. He actually took Jahan uh, Jahan Dotson's uh, number five jersey at Penn State in 2022. Uh, and had 87 catches. Uh, he had this is when he was at Western Kentucky before he moved to Penn State. He had 87 catches, 1,402 yards, 14 scores. He's six feet tall, 200 pounds, 32 and three-eighth inch arms. I mean, he has he is a great separator, a great receive, receive uh, like like after catch. He's great after mm-hmm. the catch. Physical has is he had a six-seven three-cone. I mean, he can turn on a dime. I can see him getting massive, great routes up and just losing DBs. I love Mitchell Tinsley. And I don't, mm-hmm. I, I think, I hadn't seen a lot about him, and I, I was surprised by that. But, and maybe it's because he only spent one year at Penn State. But I love Mitchell Tinsley and what he could bring to the table for the Washington Commanders. What do you think about oh, that? Oh, for sure. Because outside of uh, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson, you really don't have any more other good wide receivers. Yeah, you got Dami Brown, but he really hasn't turned on like we thought he would, being a third or fourth round pick for us. Yeah. So, and playing ball at College of Sam Howe. So um, we'll see if that happens. But we need to fill out the wide receiver roster. So, I mean, if he has a real shot at camp, which I've heard he's doing looking pretty good right now in rookie camp, that'd be a nice addition to yep. our, our wide receiver room for sure. Yeah, I mean, he ha- I mean, he's not super tall. He has good height, massive mm-hmm. speed, long arms. 
big body, great yeah. running, right rot running. I mean, I, I just don't see the, I don't see any downside. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's one of those yeah. things. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just breaks out and just surprises everybody. I have my eye on him. And then I'm going to go get one more throwaway here for Mike Bears. That's Micah Baskerville, linebacker out of LSU. I, I, I guess the guy <laughs> that I thought that would have been drafted as well. I mean, LSU, traditionally a great place to draft a defense out of. And Micah Baskerville has been fantastic. He's a real, he was a real leader, sure tackler at LSU. Had great coverage instincts as well for a linebacker. I mean, we're adding him to Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. We all, we just picked up in the free in free agency, so he doesn't even need to start. I mean, he could be on special teams and kind of rotate in situationally. I, I love Micah Baskerville out of LSU. I mean, I, it just seems to me that he should have been drafted as well. Any thoughts on, on Micah Baskerville out of LSU, the linebacker? Well, yeah, since you say it's going to be joining those two guys you picked up in the offseason for the Bears, it sounds like he could be a nice depth position for one of those in case something goes awry. But, yeah, any any linebackers from LSU, I'm, I'm high on too. So that's congratulations to you guys on that one. <laughs> yeah, and it's a no-lose. Again, like we don't need him right away, right? right? He, he's right. Good. You said it hit the nail on the head. Great depth, and maybe he has time to develop. I mean, who, who mm-hmm. else? I mean, you'd love to have Tremaine Edmonds and T.J. Edwards showing you the way. You know, I mean, it seems like that's a great combo right there. Uh, all right, any any other uh, undrafted free agents you want to you want to point out? Yeah, I got two real quick here. Um, Malik Cunningham for the New England Patriots, Louisville quarterback. Um, yeah, seems mm-hmm. like Bill Belichick doesn't have a problem with putting in no name quarterbacks when his starter and Mac Jones is not doing great. You know, a la ba- uh, Bailey Zapp. So hey, maybe he comes on board. Yeah, he's all time leading touchdown scorer in Louisville, passing Lamar Jackson's record last year. And as I'm reading the stats. In four years, Malik Cunningham has amassed damn near 10,000 passing yards, 70 passing touchdowns, and only 29 interceptions. And then on the ground, he's ran for 3,100 yards and 50 touchdowns. That's insane. Wow. If I'm Malik Cunningham, if I'm (laughs) Bill Belichick, and Mac Jones is not providing a spark, I'm going to throw in Malik Cunningham and see what the boy can do. You know? Yeah. you know, and if he's not ready, then he can certainly develop up in, in New England. He doesn't have Tom Brady to do that anymore, but New England's still a great system you can learn under. But I think that's a sneaky good. I thought he would be drafted late round, like fifth or sixth, but he yep. didn't make it at all and ended up being undrafted. So that's a nice one I have. And then I'm going to go to my commanders for Kazmir Allen, I believe is his name. The receiver mm-hmm. from UCLA, return man from UCLA. Um, mm-hmm. That's great because we don't have an actual solidified return man for kick returns and punt returns. We're taking third, fourth, and fifth wide receivers and putting them back there, and it hasn't quite worked out. So it's nice to bring a guy with speed, some explosiveness, someone who has returned kicks and punts in his career playing football at some point. So I think that's a sneaky good addition that looks like uh, he'll be making the squad. Ron Rivera's already talking about him, too, and she's rookie mini rookie minicamp, so – I'm pretty hyped about that one. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. I mean, that, you, people underrate the uh, having a good return man and having good speed on special teams, even if you aren't a return man. I mean, I, I think that is a fantastic, fantastic pickup in terms of an undrafted free agent. And, and, and Malik Cunningham, he was actually on my list as well, and I, I didn't name him. And, you know, I think he's fantastic. The one obvious knock on him is arm strength hasn't been uh, hugely uh, impressive. But that being said – man, can, get, can he create. I mean, he yeah. is just medic, ridiculously athletic, uh, incredibly fast, a 4 5 3, 40-yard dash at the combine. I mean, he, he looks good. 
And honestly, he actually did look pretty poised in the pocket when he had to stay in the pocket uh, at Louisville. So, you know, it's not like he can't be a pocket passer, Um, you know? So it's really just the arm strength that people get on. But, hey, he makes fast decisions. He can create with his legs. And he can stay in the pocket when there's constant pressure all around him, stay poised, keep his eyes up and downfield. I love that. I love that mm-hmm. Malik Cunningham pickup. I think that is absolutely a great call right there. Um, all right. So I guess the lesson here, guys, is that there are so many undrafted free agents that are just worthy of being on a football roster. And all these mm-hmm. guys, I'm going to have my eyes on all of them coming up this season. So let's go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that. And let's talk about our last topic of the game, uh, day, and that is the football guys. Where our rookies at fantasy football um, targets coming up this season because there are some really good impact rookies at skill positions here. What are your thoughts here, Trev? Any guys you have on your radar in terms of fantasy football rookies coming into the NFL this season? Yeah, I got a couple of running backs real quick. I got Jameer Gibbs in Detroit. I look for him to be a fantasy point scorer like no other. And then I'm also going to go with Bijan Robinson in Atlanta. I yes. believe that he's going to be getting a lot of touches. You know, Desmond Ritter, quote-unquote rookie quarterback, young offense. He's going to be a weapon all over the field. So, yeah, I look for them to rack up fancy points like crazy. They might not win games, but they will they'll score touchdowns right. and make a lot, a lot of points. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that. And Bijan Robinson was my number one. He was my absolute number one. I think that – he is essential. He could be a first-round talent in 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 uh, fantasy football. Um, he's definitely for dynasty leagues a a one. You got to get him right away. Uh, but I love what he can do there in Atlanta. I think that's going to be fantastic. And of course, we talked about Jameer Gibbs last week. I got a couple more here for you that I, I really like. I, I love Jordan Addison, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. I like him. He's my favorite wide receiver, rookie wide receiver. And it's not only because he is a good wide receiver and I liked him at USC, but I also because of where he landed. I mean, they don't have Adam Thielen there anymore. They really have to get somebody to draw coverage away from Justin Jefferson. He's just going to get tons of volume. And Minnesota is one of the biggest, most pass heavy attacks in the NFL. You can definitely sustain two wide receivers. And I think that it could be Jordan Addison plus Justin Jefferson this week, this year. So I'm, I'm all in on Jordan Addison and the other guy that I'm looking at, and I say, wow, I love the upside, Zay Flowers going to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, we know that they put Lamar uh, about a king's bounty to stay in Baltimore. And then they got him Zay Flowers. So, you know, I mean, I think that you, obviously Mark Andrews is their number one. I mean, not only is he there at the tight end, he's also the wide receiver one in this offense. But there is room for a wide receiver two, three, and four in Baltimore. And Zay Flowers can be two, three, and four. That's what I would say. So I I love me Zay Flowers uh, coming into the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, What do you think about those two guys, uh, Jordan Addison in uh, Minnesota and Zay Flowers in in Baltimore? Oh, for sure. I agree with Jordan Addison in Minnesota. You lose Adam Thielen. That leaves you with Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne, like you mentioned. So, like, that he provides that wide receiver three, maybe two um, option coming out of USC. He's a great receiver. Great weapon for Kirk Cousins. I love that. He'll get some points. Keep the heat off of uh, Justin Jefferson a little bit. And then Zay Flowers, is a, that's, a, yep. that's a dynamite. Like, come brings explosiveness to the to the Ravens offense that were kind of lacking it a little bit. 
Um, he's there right. with OBJ and, and Nelson Aguilar and, and, and Rashad Bateman yep. and Lamar Jason. Like, he might not really know about it if he didn't watch Boston College football that much last year. He just kind of popped out of right. nowhere as a, as a top guy. But, yeah, I'm with you. Great addition. They're going to get you a lot of points fantasy this year for sure. So. Yeah. I, I agree. And you know what's funny about that is even if you did watch Boston College football, you probably still wouldn't have known about Zay Flowers because they sucked so hard last year. <laughs> they were so bad. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, so Zay Flowers, unfortunately, had no one to throw him the ball. What do you mean? It, it was, it was, I think it was Giselle when she was married to Tom Brady when she said he can't throw and catch the ball. Well, Zay Flowers can't throw himself the ball either. So, you know, I, I, I love this for Zay Flowers. This, this might be the best team he's been on in years. He might, he's going to be like, oh, my God, Lamar Jackson is like a, a million times better than anybody who's thrown the ball to me at Boston College. So uh, I love all of that. Terrific stuff there. And so four great targets uh, on rookies for fantasy football. And that brings us to the end of the show. Let's hit the air horn on the show. Right. So, Trev, give us your social – oh, I guess I should say, uh, just because I should, because there are sponsors. We're brought to you by <laughs> Manscaped, and we're brought to you by BetUS. Manscaped, get that 20% off and free shipping of promo code garbage time at manscaped.com, and BetUS, receive 125% sportsbook bonus upon initial deposit. Just use the link on the podcast uh, information page or in the uh, episode information page to get that special offer. Okay, now that I've done what I had to do, Trev, give us your special social media so people can follow you. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter at TrevHTTC. Rep the District Podcast with Nathan and the Stoner uh, right here with Football Garbage Time and Hakun Wong and then Full Press yes, and the Army. I'm everywhere, so... Yes, he is everywhere. As we always say, you can't get enough Trev. You can't. You just can't. Don't try. Just give in and listen to it all. That's all you can do. (laughs) You can't control him. You can only contain him. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at FD Garbage Time. You can find me on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. As usual, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week.